You're listening to Tom and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. It is Tom and Bach, final half hour, pregame, coming up in about uh, 20 minutes or so. But it is Purdue week, and, of course, good time to talk to Mitch Sherman, our buddy from The Athletic, who covers Husker football for The Athletic. Hi, Mitch. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, We feel like just reading the text line uh, that the mood is kind of, I don't know whether it's scared being Halloween week or just like, uh, just, I don't know. Maybe the mood is just not excitement. What What are you getting from Husker Nation right now, the feeling from Husker Nation? Well, I haven't really gotten a sense of excitement um, outside of maybe the Michigan week um, for most of the year. Um, So, no, that's not the feeling I have this week at all. Um, I think it's there's there's uh, there's a little bit of worry. Um, I think just just uh, uncertainty about what what we're going to see going into this closing stretch. Obviously, Nebraska took a step back against Minnesota two weeks ago, and uh, so there's that concern that that, that uh, some of the signs of progress that were evident in the first couple of months of the season, even even with uh, the losing games, uh, that it's not going to continue. It's not going to go back to that direction. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I I don't I don't know. I, I think it could go either way with this with this group. Um, so uh, Saturday will be big in uh, in dictating that. Yeah. All right, it's interesting. This week, uh, I think you have two coaches that are, are maybe feeling a little bit of heat on their seat. Uh, who do you think needs this game more? Oh, at this point, I think I'd probably say Scott Frost. Um, yeah, Jeff Brom. Uh, there, there was a, a lot of unsettled, unsettledness uh, around West Lafayette, around the Purdue fan base uh, to enter this season. He's been in place for a year longer than Frost. Got got this is year year five, um, and they've kind of gone downhill after a good start. Um, at the beginning, you know, you you recall that Brom was he was a coveted coach, and you know had an opportunity to go home to Louisville and decided to stay at Purdue and and was doing uh, well in recruiting. Um, you know, the Rondale Moore. Um, time uh was was big for purdue uh unfortunately that was disrupted by the pandemic and and he played very little last year so um i think some of purdue's momentum went away with that um but you know beating the number two team in the country just two weeks ago uh i I think has has um has taken some of the heat off of brahm um not to say that he can just cash it in for the rest of the season and be fine with with uh, Purdue fans and the administration. But yeah, I do think that there's 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 more uh, there's more pressure on Scott Frost right now, and I, and I don't mean he um, necessarily in terms of job uh, security because I don't know, and that's just that's hard to speculate on. Um, you know, we've not gotten indications or signs from the Nebraska administration that points um, in a negative way um, for Scott uh, with that, but. Just in general, the pressure to win right now is immense at Nebraska, and I think it far exceeds what's what's happening at Purdue. He's Mitch Sherman of the Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Uh, but that that being said, he was rather comfortable, it seemed this week, Scott Frost, uh, rather jokey uh, with the media. Uh, where do you think where do you think that's coming from right now? 
I don't know. Um, you know, I think he wants to give up. Maybe he feels maybe he feels good. Maybe he feels comfortable right now. Uh, maybe he likes the way that his team uh, responded to a few days off last week and and getting healthy. Um, I know he doesn't like you know having three wins in eight games, but um, he does. He also doesn't need to come out and 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 you know be grumpy or standoffish in a in a in a I think it was eleven minutes or twelve minutes uh, that we saw him on, on Monday and a few more minutes today. I mean. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't read a whole lot in, you know, we used to do that with Bo Pelini and, and have done it some with Frost too, especially this year in trying to read into, you know, his mood in this like really short window with the media as, as a, as an indicator of like how all is going in the program. And yeah. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's an accurate way to do it. Um, clearly like before the season opener, when Frost was, very short and and uh i mean you could say uh, a little standoffish uh in in that time um you know i think that was an indicator of some tension um but when it goes the other way and you know he's he's uh jovial as you said um mm-hmm. or jokey um that you, you know i i'm 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 trying not to read any, anything into it yeah. i mean I, I think he he probably feels good about how his team's going to play yeah. this week and that, and that's that's about as deep as i'd want to go yeah. And, and there's going to be a lot of talent out there on the field, obviously, but it seems like Purdue might have the talent edge as far as the top uh, with a few of their, their players. George Koloftis, obviously, on defense, but David Bell on offense is, is leading the Big Ten by a, a wide margin in receiving yards. Uh, how do you think he matches up specifically with Cam Taylor-Britt, who's, probably, uh, who's been coming on lately and, uh, and maybe trying to uh, you know help his NFL stuck? Yeah, it's a good matchup, and we saw quite a bit of it a year ago in West Lafayette. Uh, I think Cam was involved in the in the play where Nebraska had a bust in coverage. A couple DBs ran into each other and and fell down and left David Bell wide open and scored an 89 yard touchdown that that uh, helped bring Purdue close in that game. And and you know later on, a few series later, there was a jump ball um, thrown up uh, between the two of them and 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 Taylor Britt got the best of of David Bell in that moment and, and batted it down. Um, it was a huge play in the game at that, at that time. So it's a fun matchup to watch. Um, you know, they're similar size guys. Bell's not a huge receiver. Uh, you know, it's not like, you you know, going up against Omar Manning when he's in practice or something like that, but he, he is, he's just great with his ability to, uh, you know, accelerate fast after the catch. He can turn an eight yard gain into a, into a 40 yard touchdown, um, in a in a snap of a finger, I think that's where he he separates himself from uh, some other guys in the league and, and other other receivers nationally. Um, definitely a, an NFL prospect there with Bell, and, and I think I think Cam is uh, his stock, as you said, is is rising too with the way that he's played uh, since about midseason. A Mitch Sherman of the Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Of course, it was announced. You tweeted uh, regarding this that J.D. Spielman has retired from the game of football. Uh, his uh, final moments of his career, the last two years of his career, not as good as you know what would have been a record-setting career had he stayed for another year, and it still was close to that. Do you think about what might have happened had he stayed a couple of more years at Nebraska? Well, he had the talent for sure. He had the talent to. Uh, helped take Nebraska to the next level. Um, but there were, of course, reasons that he wanted to leave. And, uh, you know, he didn't – I don't think he liked uh, the fit uh, at the end for him. Um, I think, uh, you know, obviously he had some issues with, with Nebraska. 
Um, and that it may have been him. Uh, it may have been Nebraska. Uh, it may have been who knows the direction that he saw the offense trending, the way he was being used. Uh, so if you take all of that out of the equation and just say, you know, give me his talent, but, but, but <laughs> not the problems that existed that caused him to transfer. Well then, yeah, you put him in there a year ago and I think he could have helped Nebraska a lot. I mean, it, mm. but that's, unfortunately that's not the way it works. And, you know, you're going to, you, you get the full package with, with any player and, you know, he, he had his reasons to transfer and, and I, I, you know, I don't think that was going in a good direction. The dynamic that existed between Spielman and Nebraska at the end, after the 2019 season. So, um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the most talented guys ever to play the position in Lincoln. And uh, going back to the current team again, Connor Culp, Scott Frost was talking about today how they even opened up practice um, as far as getting some of the kickers involved. First, of course, an all Big Ten kicker last year, but struggled all the way up until this point this season. Do you think it, it, it is it's about kind of feeling that time to, to go ahead and open it up? I mean, you want to stick with the guy, show confidence in him when he's having a confidence issue uh, himself. But at some point, uh, you, you might have to look the other way. Yeah, I mean, after he missed the extra points and, and – uh... <laughs> In week zero, um, I, you know, I think it would have been a good time to open it up. And that's not to say that they didn't. I think they looked at all of the kickers in practice every week. Um, not to say that the job was entirely open. It sounds this week like there was more this week or in the bye week. There was there was more since the last game. There was more emphasis placed on taking a look at everything they had at that position. And yeah, obviously Connor has has struggled um, with especially with the shorter kicks and. Uh, you know, it's going to be important in these last four games to be, have a reliable field goal kicker. You know, you expect at least three of them. And if, uh, if Nebraska plays well against Ohio State, you could have all four of these games, um, you know, right back in that range where yeah. they're decided on, on little things. Uh, and, and field goal kicking is a big part of those little things. So you have other guys on the roster. You know, this isn't, this isn't like two years ago where Nebraska had to go to the student body or the club soccer team to try to find a leg when it had injury issues. Those, they, they've done a nice job of bringing kickers in. So if you're going to bring them in and your, your top guy, despite what he did last year, is struggling to make extra points and field goals, then absolutely you know, give everybody who's got a leg a chance to go out there and win that job. And I think you have to go with the guy who, who, who kicks it the best in practice. Hey, Mitch, no secret that Adrian has struggled uh, a few weeks with his you know, physical health, and he wasn't 100%. Yeah. He's definitely pointed that out against Minnesota. How confident are you that he's closer to 100% this time? It, it feels like he's getting closer. I don't know if he's ever going to be 100% um, during the season, but, yeah, he's he's more healthy now, um, or at least, you know, he, he – he has been this week, um, and I would, I would say he is right now, uh, than at any time since probably before the Michigan State game. Um, took, he took that, that hit above the shoulders uh, on the opening drive against Michigan State and seen Nebraska cut back a little bit on some of his designed runs. Uh, you saw that in the two games that followed. And then, um, you know, whatever, Adrian was clearly dealing with something else after the Michigan game to the point where there was hardly any QB run uh, worked into the Minnesota game plan. And, uh, you know, he, he said that, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a hundred percent, you know, he didn't feel comfortable doing all of the things that 
he's done well this year. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the time away, uh, the light week of practice last week, um, you know, having more time to rest this week around the, around the normal, normal practices, I would expect that it's been hugely beneficial for Martinez and his uh, ability to be healthy going into, uh, going into Purdue. Uh, obviously a big week for the the Huskers and the Boilermakers, but also a big week in the Big Ten, as uh, especially the, there in Michigan. Michigan and Michigan State undefeated. I don't think anybody necessarily thought that was going to happen coming into the season. Of course, Ohio State also undefeated in the Big Ten, but um, uh, has one loss overall. Uh, what do you think is going to happen there as, uh, as Sparty and, and the Wolverines collide? Yeah, Michigan looks like the better team to me, um, but Michigan State, you know they've they've just continued to uh, you know I think I think um, defy the expectations um, you know to to play better than some people within the conference and nationally might expect week to week you know all, I Michigan uh, is not uh, I don't think Michigan's going to be a college football playoff team I don't think Michigan's going to beat Ohio State um, I don't think Michigan necessarily even matches up all that well against Penn State. Um, but if there's a team in the league, and you could probably even extend this to the whole country, that has just carved out an identity for itself and stuck to it every week and been somewhat unflappable in, in, in tight moments, uh, it, it, Michigan is, is a contender to be that team. Um, I think people are going to be – are going to be – are not going to – they're, 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 it's going to take some time to to want to give Jim Harbaugh a ton of credit for what he's done with this Michigan team because of some of the struggles that they've had in the past getting getting Michigan to play its best. He's had more talented teams that have underachieved, but I really think that Michigan staff, you know, it starts with Harbaugh, have done a fantastic job of just getting that team to maximize and more than that, just to play a certain style and never to deviate from it uh, week in and week out. So I think Michigan, you know, relies on that again and gets another W. I want to ask you about a couple other games in the Big Ten, but do you think Mel Tucker quickly stays at Michigan State after this year? If he has an opportunity to go to LSU, I think he'll go. Yeah. Um, and that's too good of a job for him, to, an opportunity for him to pass up in his STC um, roots. I, I think will pull him him home. I don't. Yeah. I don't expect that he will. Yeah. I think that LSU is gonna is gonna go for a bigger uh, name, a bigger swing yeah. than Mel Tucker, and, and end up getting that. But uh, short of that, I, I think he's back at, in, in East Lansing. Is Wisconsin for real? They're a three and a half point favorite over Iowa this week at home. That's an interesting line. <laughs> um, I, you know, you see Iowa up until two weeks ago, and and it's like, well. Just, just put them down. They're in the, they're in the Big Ten championship game. They're going to walk away with the West, and you know how quickly that can change. I don't know that I, that I necessarily would, would disagree with yeah. that line. Yeah. And the way that these two teams have looked the last couple of weeks, um, you know, the edge Wisconsin. The way they've looked over the course of the season, um, obviously it's, it's edge to Iowa. And then the game is, is, is at Camp Randall, um, so that's an advantage. Wisconsin, I you know it's going to be a, I don't know if it's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, enjoyable. <laughs> it's, going to, it's going to be normal Wisconsin yeah. Iowa. You know, physical, brutal. You know, the little yeah. things are going to determine it. Special teams, defensive play. Uh, I, I, 
guess I'm probably picking Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, so yeah, I, I I definitely question whether Iowa is is uh, as good as its record indicates. I agree with you. It's going to be a really ugly game. That means Bach will love it. He loves ugly <laughs> football right. in the Big Ten, so he's definitely mm-hmm. rooting for that. Uh, and then one more for you. Uh, Penn State goes to Columbus. Penn State, an 18-and-a-half-point favorite at last check in this one. Does that sound right? Well, it sounds right if you said Ohio State's an 18-and-a-half-point yeah, yeah, favorite. Yeah, but, that's, uh, yeah, that's what they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah right. Um, I, yes. I mean, Penn yeah. State coming off of yeah. what happened last week with the nine-overtime game. And, you know, James Franklin has just basically come flat out and said that he's got a lot on his mind this week. <laughs> It was been interesting to watch uh, his his interactions with the media in state college this week. You know, he had the, the kind of the bungled um, description of what was going on and, and with his team, and, and you referring to the wrong opponent, and the wrong stadium, and it's clear that that he's distracted. I would say, from my perspective, yeah. that he's got things on his mind, and yeah. and you know that, that don't involve Penn State. And if yeah. you're playing Ohio State, coming off a loss to Illinois. The Buckeyes better have 100% of your attention. I, I don't. I don't know that they do for Franklin, and I think his team is impacted by by his situation. Yeah. Um. And and they 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 don't. I I don't know if they even come within three scores. I mean, that could be a that could be a, yeah. a 24 point game. We'll see, we'll see. I say that, and it'll end up being. 28-27. Yeah, you never know. Uh, Clifford has really struggled, uh, and but mm-hmm. he is a hundred percent healthy ac- according to James Franklin this week. But you wonder where mm-hmm. uh, James Franklin is, uh, where his mind's at. Obviously, thinking maybe about the USC gig. Uh, great stuff, uh, Mitch. As always, we'll talk to you again next week. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, Mitch Sherman of the Athletic. Uh, I wonder if that's part of it, like because you was was that a knock on Ohio State when he talked called it the Big House, or was it just a mistake? Uh, it's. Did you see him yesterday? It's not just the beginning of the week. It's yesterday too, yeah. when he was kind of asked about job speculation, and he didn't like. He just yeah. kind of said, "Yeah, I mean, well, he just kind of said football words back to back, but he didn't deny it necessarily. Um, so, I mean, it's really, it's really it seems like he's yeah. probably going to leave Happy Valley by at the end of the season. And yeah. I don't know if they, you know, it's kind of weird because there's kind of two yeah. trains of thought there. It's like, did he hit his ceiling there? Or, right. um, but I think Penn State fans aren't going to be too sad to see him yeah. go as long as they replace him with somebody pretty good. You mentioned that app on your phone or that that, that technology that we now have where you can read thoughts. Uh, of, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we about. can't do it, but somebody can. We're always thinking about food, and so it would always be about food. Yeah. Uh, with coaches, if you could show up to a press conference – and get a lie detector and know that they're actually, you know, the the bubble thing yeah. actually has words to it. And I'm thinking about USC. I have no idea what you just said there. Franklin's thinking about USC. Yeah. Ordron's thinking about you can his just hold girlfriends. your phone up and read their thoughts. <laughs> what's uh, Frost? Uh, what's Frost? You thinking I, about? Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe we can come up with something. Yeah, yeah, come up with something. It sounds like a bit idea. Um, it's definitely a bit. It's something that we do every single day. It's called the pregame, where we talk to Nick and Rico, and we'll we'll do that to round up the show next. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch.